All right, everybody. We're about ready to begin, so if you're in the lobby, come on in. We'd love to have you. Um, hey, you guys can sit in the chairs, you can sit down here on the stairs. I kind of feel like I'm still on the tour, because there was never anywhere good to sit. But when we got to the southern steps of the temple, that was pretty cool. We got to sit on those stairs, sitting on stairs that Yeshua got to walk on. You cannot beat that. All right, just a little bit of introduction. I told you we would get the widow's mites up here. We've got four of them up here. Uh, but just like the other antiquities, please don't handle. But you can come take a look. And maybe if you're really nice to my mom, she'll take one out and let you look at it really close. All right, so we were in Israel maybe, I don't know, three or four days, and a group of us got together. We did a shout-out on Saturday. We did a shout-out on Sunday. But before we did that shout-out, we just sat amongst ourselves, kind of like this, and some of us talked about what has touched us, what was most significant on your trip so far. So we're really, we're going to do the same thing. I intentionally did not bring any pictures. I'm not going to share I got to share with you Saturday and Sunday, and in the coming weeks and months, I can share as much as I want. So this is their time to share. Some of them brought pictures, some of them didn't. So if you brought pictures, when you share, just uh, let them know the name of the picture or where it was or both, maybe your name or however you labeled it, and we'll do the best we can to get it up on the screen. Little mic etiquette. Let me tell you about handling mics. This is the mistake most people make with their microphones. So here's what you do. You just take it and pin it to your chest. And then you'll never mess up. All right? So you're not first, but you've got to hold it. Because Brian actually took some time off of work to be with us today. And so I'm going to let him go first so he can get back to work. And Brian, thank you. We appreciate that. And there you go. Pin it to your chest. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's hard for me to figure out. I'm still waffling in my mind as to what's the most important because there was a lot of things that were important. Um, just, just being able to see the landscape, the people, um, the, you know, the different environment of it, the different weather pattern, uh, the people, the history lessons, the biblical significance of all the places that we went to was all very important. Uh, because the whole point of going to Israel is the footsteps uh, in Jesus. And it's, it was very touching to be able to hear Bible passages and teachings of specific spots where we went. And also the history lesson, I thank a lot to Boaz for educating us about what happened in certain areas and how it touched his life and his family's life for generations. Boaz is the uh, Israeli tour guide, so I did yeah. some teaching and he did a lot of teaching. Yeah, so the two, <laughs> the two of them did a great job of uh, leading the tour. And, and a special thing that touched me a lot was uh, going to the Lebanon border, uh, meeting with a lot of the troops up there. Um, it was great to see the landscape uh, right on the border, they have a dense plantation field of kiwi trees. And on the other side of the border, they have nothing uh, except barren rock, dust, dirt, except for one little tiny patch of greenery. And guess what that is? Opium. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's what they have for their greenery, if there's anything. I've forgotten all about that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny, and I took, I took a lot of pictures, and I took uh, pictures all over there too, and especially the contrast. And I'm still working on uh, scaling down some of my pictures, and I'm going to post them on Picasso. And uh, I want to number them all, so if people want a full-size picture of it to, let's say, have a larger picture than what you could print on a printer, you could just go to Kinko's or wherever and print it. Um, because I've done that a lot in my place. And um, it, it was very good to see the, the contrast. I'm going to put a little caption on there. Uh, the, the Bible passage in Genesis that says, if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. And uh, that clearly shows how Israel has been blessed 
That was me. Oh. <laughs> Did you bring any pictures for tonight? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. And I'm still working on mine, but... Um, well, I, was, there, was there one place in particular that just kind of made you want to drop your jaw and say, man, I wish my mom was here. I wish I could tell somebody about this. Um, yeah, there were many. Um, but the one place that I, I think I got that even you're probably still surprised at is me being on the back wall of the east wall. And I, I went, I had to step over the Muslim graves uh, to get to it. Um, and I took a picture looking at the Mount of Olives and um, looking at the gate uh, in the foreground. That's kind of a pre-end times picture. Between uh, Brian and CJ, I thought between we, World War III was going to break out, I was certain. <laughs> we were in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It was cramped. You could barely move. And they had this roped-off area. Brian said, who just step over it so he can get a good picture? Oh, man. Yeah. And CJ, I won't tell your story. I'll let you tell that someday. <laughs> Second time I thought World War III was going to happen. Well, we're, we're short on time. So okay. if you don't mind passing the mic, we'll, we'll continue right. up. All right, and those that want to hear more can contact me uh, anytime. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much, Brian. So, if you've got some pictures, just uh, let him know which ones you want up, and he'll put them up there uh, for you. My pictures would be under Justin. And Brown, right? Or are they Justin, just hers under Brown? Brown. Wanda, well, no, I think they're under my name, Justin. Okay. Um, well, there you are. I can say it was a <laughs> wonderful, wonderful experience. This was, um, we had gone to Beth Shion and uh, it had been raining all day. And uh, we had gone to the... Uh, that, that's actually Sepphoris or Tsipori. Oh, Tsipori. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. No, that's okay. Tsipori. Um, it had been raining all day and we were just about to leave the theater. Or we were supposed to sing songs before we left the theater, but nobody wanted to. We just, it didn't, just so much rain, and it, had, it started raining a little bit more than it had been earlier. Um, but someone insisted that we did, and we did sing a song, and when we started walking back, we saw the rainbow, um, and we could see it, the whole thing, end to end, because of the way the, where we, we were standing, and it was, it was awesome. Everything there was, was great. I, I really enjoyed the fellowship, being around other believers every day, um, the conversations, the, the love, and uh, it, was, it was, I don't know, the best way to describe it, it was a BCAD experience. Thank you. Thank you. That was, uh, by the way, that picture you just saw a moment ago was uh, from the area where King Herod had his capital right before it was moved over to Tiberias. So that was why we were there, and there was some other cool stuff there too, but I won't talk about those. Jason, you're up. Well, um, I'm not even sure what to say at this point. Um, <laughs> it was a great trip. Um, tiring, we set a fast pace, but it was good. Um, I think probably my favorite spot, though, was the Sea of Galilee. We took a ride on a boat um, out on the Sea of Galilee, and I didn't realize until later, and this struck me, um, that you said that Boaz, the tour guide, um, did not know the Lord, or he does not profess to know the Lord at least, probably the same thing. But um, we got on this boat ride, and we took out to the middle of the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus walked, <laughs> and... Um, it was probably one of the most peaceful places on the entire trip. I mean, the, the, just beautiful. One of the clearest days that um, they'd seen in a long time around there. You could see for tens of miles. Um, and, the two, and the operator of the boat happened to be a Messianic Jew. And he sang for us, holy, 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 on the boat while we just sat out there on the water. And that was very, very cool. <laughs> um, Galilee, of course, is one of the most beautiful places I've seen. Um, very peaceful. Um, a lot of green, which I love. And um, yeah, it was a great trip. <laughs> but Thanks. that's about all I've got. I Thank think. you very much.
it's a beautiful country. Um, if anyone ever feels led by the Lord to go, you have to go. The people are blessed and they are still being blessed. Um, Israeli people are special. The, the country is beautiful. Like we said, it's green everywhere. And you can look over on the borders of Jordan and, and uh, Lebanon and you go, wow, what happened? <laughs> it's just dying. But, um, and so I love the green. There was no place we went that wasn't enjoyable. And we did a lot of um, trips into the excavations, which was meaningful to me because, well, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I, I pick up stones everywhere I go. And um, as, as, as we went from place to place and I saw the work they were doing, I think it was Boaz or, or the pastor said that there's only 1% of all that's being excavated has actually been done. That means there's 99% of the world still underground. And that really impressed me. I started thinking about the people themselves as if they were stones, living stones. They had a testimony. And there they are digging up their testimony about God, about our Lord Jesus. And wow, it was just so meaningful to me. And when we went to the tombstones, I know this sounds strange, but because I like stones, I love graveyards <laughs> and I love cemeteries. They're so peaceful. And um, they use, they don't put flowers on the graves like we do. Um, I, I, did you guys see Schindler's List? I mean, they use stones to represent themselves. And I thought of all the times in scripture throughout the Old Testament, they put up altars, they, you know, Abraham. Um, when Moses got the word of the, God, of the Lord, the law, it was on a stone tablet. And so that means a lot to me. I just, the connection there. And I think that you had spoken about how the people use stones to commemorate themselves. And Jesus said in his triumphal entry, when the leaders, the religious leaders said to him, you know, tell them to stop screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lord. He said, if I did that, the very stones would cry out. And that, that's what's happening. The stones are crying out. Okay, thank you. Thank that's you it. very much. <laughs> Did you have any pictures? Did you have any pictures? No, I didn't have pictures. Okay, very good. Um, I did. I had three pictures. Um, it was just of people, but you can kind of thump them really fast. They need um, your name or the... Oh, Sarah Calvert. <laughs> just scroll through all the pictures. There, there we go. go. Um, my favorite part about our trip was um, not really going to any site in particular, although every site we went to was a blessing and incredible and such a gift to be able to see it and to be a part of it. Um, but my, my favorite part about the trip was really the camaraderie and the fellowship amongst everybody that was there. Um, we, we got to meet, I mean, I got to meet a lot of people in my own church that I didn't know. But um, also there were people from just kind of all over. Um, we had CJ and we have um, people from Phoenix and um, uh, Virginia. Virginia. Virginia, thank you, yeah. Virginia, yeah, that first picture was of um, myself and then two other girls who are from Virginia, um, who Boaz sort of recruited to, to be a part of the trip, and um, just really incredible and lovely people, and I'm so thankful to have been able to, to get to know them and to become friends and just to establish a relationship um, just with the people on our trip, and it was really meaningful. Um, if I was talking about one place in particular, it would probably be the Sea of Galilee, just because it was so peaceful. And I love being on the water, and it was really a beautiful experience. But truthfully, all of it was amazing. There's um, some pictures. Of, where's that one taken? That one was That's the Sea of Galilee there. That's the Sea there. of Galilee. That's Wendy and friend and Melinda on this side. And then there's me, um, two of the girls from Virginia. And Wendy's a singer, and um, she was able to lead us in worship. She was one that led us in worship in Zippori when it was freezing and we were all miserable. And she was like, no, 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 one song. And then the other picture, um, that's also on the Sea of Galilee with Kathy and Sandy and Betty. And uh, then the other picture was at the Western Wall. And that's with my mom on the side. And then Franny and uh, Catherine. And Catherine was um, one of the people from Phoenix. Just really incredible people. That lady, Franny, in the purple shirt up there, uh, last day fell down, broke her shoulder. She, after we got her up off the ground, are you okay? Yeah, it hurts a little, a little stiff, but I'm okay. 
So she spent that day, the airplane flight back, came home maybe another day, then went and got it x-rayed. And sure enough, probably if she wasn't recuperating, she'd be here with us this evening. But she's an old trooper. She's, oh, she's, she says, I'm fine, I'm fine. It was an exciting trip. <laughs> Wait, you need the mic. You, you got to say that on the mic. No, I'm just telling them. Yeah, but they need to hear it. <laughs> Don and Gideon up by Lebanon. There we go. Hey, guys. Good evening. Uh, my name's Gideon, and this is my wife, Dawn. I think probably the best thing that I could say about the trip was actually being able to spend time with my wife in Israel. That was, it was just a fantastic feeling. Uh, we don't get to get around too much, so it was just, it was, it was divine. I loved it. Um, I was actually given the privilege of planting a kiwi tree in Israel, um, up near the Lebanese border, and uh, that was that was huge. I, I I didn't understand at the time the relevance, um, but I've been told since that it's something that a great deal of people seek to do and pay a great deal of money to do, and they just picked me out and asked me if I'd do it. So. That was, that was huge. This is me and Etienne um, planting the tree. And he was a marvelous human being. I keep in touch with him to this day. Um, then I got to swim in the River Jordan. And I was baptized in the River Jordan. And I'd never been baptized before, so that was another huge deal. I, I you know, hey. Thank you very much. Every day was an adventure, every single day. I loved every minute of every single day, and I'd go back in a heartbeat. I think the next time I go back, I want to go back to serve the people of Israel in some way, shape, or form. And if I can do that, terrific. And if I can't, well, then God will use me in another way. We'll see. I want to help flesh that out a little. Um, that guy, Eitan, that you saw planting the tree with Gideon, He's the security chief of the kibbutz up on Lebanon. The entire boundary border has an electric fence. Not the kind that you touch and get electrified, but the kind that if something touches it, it sends a signal to their base, and they have to go investigate to see if it's a bird, an owl, or a terrorist. Well, their kibbutz is right on the border, so when the boys, the troops go out, he gets a call, he goes out too. It was just uh, shortly before we left to Israel when all this crazy stuff was going on, the Arab Spring, and they were going to do this march on Israel and try to rush the border. That happened right on his, right over against his property. He was with the boys who were trying to rush the fence while they were shooting to stop them. So this guy is very active in what's going on in Israel today. Um, Gideon and he hit it off. They're, as he said, they're still in touch. Uh, but Gideon's going to be working with him to gather used equipment and supplies to better stock the soldiers up on the border. Did I get that right? Okay. And then he also talked about the significance of planting a tree. Um, since the founding of the State of Israel, the Jewish National Fund and Jewish people all over the world, but especially in the United States, have been sending money to Israel to plant a tree, plant a tree. That's how you reclaim a desert, you plant trees. And so they've got an orchard up there, and because these two hit it off, he just said, hey, let's go plant a tree. And it, it was a huge blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Just to tie in a little bit with that, um, we're only 500 meters from the Hezbollah. We, they, they were looking at us as we were there with him planting the tree and when we were over with the IDF troops. So to see that close from the border and then that Hezbollah was just above watching us was pretty amazing. Um, the piece for me, knowing that this has been two years this month that my husband came to know the Lord. So that, his baptism, that was, that was the full reason, you know, again, that just sort of culminated everything. I've spent my life wanting to go to Israel. That's my bucket list. Um, trip and I got to do it. But what made it even more phenomenal is that my husband, who just came to know the Lord shortly, was baptized in the River Jordan. 
and then assisted and helped every, you know, all the other people get baptized too. So, you know, what a blessing that was. And that, you know, he got to see some of those IDF soldiers and give away personal belongings of his because he saw a need and then striking up a relationship with Eitan um, at Kibbutz Malkia. And who knows where that'll lead. Um, my next picture is, it should be of the Wailing Wall. I didn't get a, any pictures of the women and I over at that Western Wall. It seemed to be pretty crammed and trying to, to follow the rules. And, and again, another blessing, we had hundreds of your, this congregation and Beth Sar Shalom's prayer requests. So to get to go up there and put those in the wall and pray for, over those prayers, again, another great blessing. So this is a picture of my husband. He had taken some prayers and was praying, you know, we don't know who, who gave us what, but just praying for that, Cesar and I believe James yeah. is at the, um, the Western Wall, and they're on the men's side, we were on the women's side. But again, what a, what a tremendous blessing to be able to pray for you all and put your, your little prayers are in there somewhere. So that was really a special moment. Um, the last one, I didn't get the best shot that I had wanted. You know, here this whole time we're walking in places that Jesus walked. It literally touched stones that Jesus walked on. And Debbie has a much better picture of that eastern gate. You know, here we spent so much time with all of these locations, all of these places Jesus had been, and now to look, and I'm sure we are somewhere over near the Mount of Olives, to know that this, there is a time when our Lord Yeshua will go through that gate. That is phenomenal to think of what's to come. So for me, you know, I, it couldn't have been a better trip. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much. One of the things I made sure we did, there's a lot of traditional sites. We avoided most of the traditional sites. We went to sites that were fairly solid. And for example, everybody wants to go on the Via Della Rosa, the path that Jesus took but nobody knows the path. And the streets of Jerusalem are 45 feet above the streets that Jesus walked on. So we went underground to the Western Wall tunnels, to the actual streets that Yeshua walked on. We went to the Southern Steps, the steps he actually walked on, and we spent a lot of time. It was funny, you know, we'd go to these places that were, uh, you know, a thousand years old, and we're like, ah, oh, let's go see the old stuff. Come on, let's get out of here. It's pretty cool. All right. Favorite person on the trip next to my wife was my mom. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my mom. Everybody say hi to my mom. <laughs> okay. Um, there isn't like a favorite thing for me, but I'm going completely opposite of everybody else. I'm not telling the, anything about the seriousness and how exciting it was and uh, the, the temples and the stones and all that. I want you to know three people fell because the stones are either made of granite or um, marble. You should have introduced me as somebody else. <laughs> I'm going to end up embarrassed. Oh, did I say people. that was my mom? <laughs> I meant Gideon's mom. <laughs> yeah, three people fell. The, the steepness of all the stairs and the hills, half of the hills he had to push me up because it was like, oh my God, we can't go any further than this. But it was, it was really exciting. And um, one of the exciting things that Steve will tell you about is the antiquities, especially the widow mites, because there is a story, as you probably know, about it. But... I don't really say it well, so I'm not saying anything, and you're not yet either. I'm not done. Oh, that's good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but one of the favorite things was the markets that we went to because they had the Arab market, the Jewish market, the Christian market. I mean, it was just all together, one big bazaar, and it was a lot of fun shopping. Um, I'm going to do a negative on this whole peaceful scenery and just say Mediterranean food every single day for like 30 meals. <laughs> It's not the best way to spend a trip to Israel. But we all got along so, so well. Even people we never met before, and yeah. we still keep in touch with a lot of them. And um, the seriousness you've heard from everybody else, so I'm going to pass on that part. And 
say all right nice to meet everybody and thank you thank you very much me and my mom we had a deal she would come up on stage and share if I would tell the story of the widow's mites because she owns the mites so um, in the days of Yeshua when he was walking in the temple with his disciples they stopped to watch people throwing money into these trumpet shaped tzedakah boxes and some people were throwing in huge amounts of money and he said see that woman there she threw in two copper coins and he said she's thrown in more than all the others because they've thrown in just a portion of their wealth but she's thrown in everything she owns two copper mites we've got a couple of those copper mites up here so you can see exactly what Yeshua was talking about these mites were made uh, during the days of the Maccabees which was the century coming up to the days of Yeshua they would have probably still been in use in those days so the mites might look exactly like this they were the smallest amount of money that you could have and by today's standard maybe you could say they're worth a buck in other words she owned two dollars that's all she owned six minutes worth of labor by the way is what they calculate by today's standards so. You're welcome. Good evening. My name is Sandy, and uh, this was, for me, also a trip of a lifetime. And there were uh, many moments, some of them spiritual, some of them just funny for everyday life. I want to tell you a funny one first. I was completely amazed at the skill of our bus driver. Uh, we came through, now I don't know if anyone's ever traveled in Europe or anywhere, but people are crazy. They drive crazy. They pull out in the middle. These streets are very narrow. They pull out, they just do whatever, and that man never even breathed close to another vehicle, stopping on a dime, turning around. But the most amazing one of all was we were at uh, Capernaum, I think it was, and that place must have had 24 buses in the parking lot. No lie. Like a parking lot the size of half of ours yes. almost. And crazy. all I could, and they were, these buses were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, going around each other within a, a half a foot. Not even a foot, a half a foot. You could, you could have breathed hot air on their window and made fog, okay, in the next bus. But not one scratch, not one bump, people walking in between. All I could think of was a herd of elephants, and you know these guys are trainers are pushing them all. So that was a funny and a cute. Um, a couple of things that were really amazingly spiritual for me. Uh, the first one, very early in the trip, we went to a, a Nazarene village. This was on an, a real archaeological site, which was part of the, the true village from the first century, right? Yep. And. Uh, even though the village was a recreation in some degree, uh, when the gentleman was speaking about the history, I got this overwhelming feeling that, you know, he actually lived in this village. He was just a person that time, you know, doing things with his family, and he was describing how the village itself made wine. And because of the size of this wine pre press that was in the ground, this was probably for the whole village. So the very likelihood that it could have been he there, you know, that just sent me. I was like, so really, that started it all. And everywhere we went from there forward, in my heart, the whole time, I had, I had song. I was enjoyed the whole time we were there. And I can't even explain it, but I think everybody that's been there knows what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, there was one other thing, and this was when we were in front of the Western Wall, or I mean the Eastern Gate. <clears throat> Uh, the thing that I was thinking of, uh, Pastor Rabbi, <laughs> he was uh, speaking about uh, the, the dead shall rise. And across from all of this are thousands of Israeli graves right there in front of the wall, in front of the gates. And I just got this amazing vision of thousands and thousands of souls coming all, all at once, just blowing those doors open right with him. And I was just... <laughs> So that's pretty much it. I didn't bring pictures because I, I thought everybody else would have a lot of them. And besides that, I'm a terrible picture taker. Most of mine have like streaks in them or somebody's finger or, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, please do come, go to Israel if you can. Uh, it really will change your heart. It's an amazing place. She's the second.
the second person to, to talk about the graves. Um, you've got to picture the Eastern Gate and a little ravine, which is the Kidron Valley, and then the Mount of Olives. That whole area is one massive cemetery. It's the oldest, longest used, still active cemetery in the world. So we were up on the Mount of Olives and wall-to-wall -wall people. But Boaz, I don't know, he must know people. Because he found a section, gated off, he was allowed in, and our group got the whole place to ourselves. So we got away from the press and away from the chaos. And it was on the Mount of Olives where Yeshua gave his lesson about the end times. And he said, you see this beautiful building, not one stone will be left upon another. And then he said, um, take heed that no man deceives you, for many will come in my name. And then he said, but pray that your, your flight be not on the Sabbath day. And when the buses were shutting down on the Sabbath evening, we got to talk a little bit about that. But while I was reading Yeshua's warnings, to the Israelis who are going to be alive during those end times, Boaz was standing there. And within my heart, I was just thinking, oh God, this warning might be to him personally. May it not be. May he be with us. But what if it is? So there we are standing on these tombs talking about the end days. And then we went down to the Golden Gate and we looked back at the tombs and we talked about how Yeshua is going to set his foot down when he returns. And hey, anywhere his foot touches, dead people get up. So that's why I think Sandra's idea of all these dead bodies shooting up. Because when he returns, you know, the times are going to come where those who hear the voice of the Son of God will rise. And uh, just to stand at that place where he's going to light down, words don't describe. Mark. Hi, my name's Mark. First, I'd like to thank my beautiful wife for suggesting the trip. I probably wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for her. <clears throat> it's truly a, a trip of a lifetime. And the trip was amazing, and Pastor Steve was in his full glory. It, we were right there, all these different places of the Bible, and it just really blended really well. Um, I agree with... Um, uh, as far as with the rainbow and, and Justin, um, that was one of the times where I was a little bit apprehensive because we were up on this big tower and you could see a huge storm coming. And uh, These crazy people actually went on top of the fortress when there was thunder and lightning. I was like, see you when you get back. <laughs> right, right. And then we headed down and then we started worshiping. And to me, it was like immediately after we worship, I look up and there's a huge rainbow. I, I just, blew me away. I don't know if you have pictures of that handy, but that was really pretty good. Did you bring pictures for that? Yes. Yes. What, what are they called so they know what to bring out? Um, that one I think is just called Rainbow HD or something like that. Okay. Um, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that's the best I could do. Yeah, like Justin said, it's a full rainbow end to end. The pictures don't really do it justice. To see it in real life is amazing. Um, The other uh, thing that amazed me too, we were hiking in Qumran, a place where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we hiked up to the caves, and it's a big hike, and I got in there, and I was fortunate to take a picture of a white dove in a cave, and I, yeah, there it is, and uh, to me, it kind of symbolizes God's purity in this dark world too, it was just amazing to me. Um, it was truly a life-changing experience. Thank you, Mark. Uh, good night, brothers and sisters. Uh, my name is Halcyon, and when the big jet plane landed in Israel, it was overwhelming for me because my hard desire came through. I always wanted to go to Israel, so that was, you know, a trip of a lifetime. Um, we visited many places, many, many places. Nazareth, childhood days of Christ, um, Caesarea, where you know, Paul ministered as a centurion, um, the garden tomb, where Jesus is no longer there, he's risen. Um, many, many places. Uh, my favorite is, well, I have favorite too, um, the Jordan River. And I always wanted to be baptized in Israel. So getting the opportunity to do that was 
really something you know meaningful for me. Um, the place Pastor Steve chose was I don't know how he got that place, but it was amazing. It wasn't you know the original place that they actually baptized, but he found this little place. I think we went on this little dirt road and right into the river, and it was amazing. Um, my second favorite is Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. It was so peaceful. It was I don't know. It was just like feeling like heaven and earth for me, uh, sitting back in the in the ship and sailing on the ocean, you know, and listening to the, I think it's the owner boat, of the boat who um, gave his testimony and he also um, sang worship music. And I'm a worshiper, I love worship music. Uh, from the time somebody starts worshiping, I get off this world and I'm like in a different world. So that for me was really amazing. I mean, the, the whole trip itself is a trip of a lifetime that really changed me. Seeing the Bible come to life, being where Jesus walked, that was just a whole different experience to me. I came back and I don't want the feeling to leave. It's just a feeling that I want to have all days of my life, you know. I, it gave me the desire to just read my Bible. I just want to like keep seeing in my mind, you know, and seeing the places I've been where Jesus have actually walked. I just wanted to be with me all the time. It's just an experience. I, I don't know how to explain it. And there was also peace, a peace in that place that I've never felt. It's like a holiness. You know, it's such a holy, holy, peaceful feeling. Um, no kidding, it's called the Holy Land, you know. Um, but it's just a peace that I felt. And, you know, to, to everyone, I wish you could experience that because it would definitely change you. It definitely changed me, you know. And if I do have the opportunity to go again, I would. I definitely would. Thank you. Thank you. Who, who are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm going to do Kathy Tessie, so if you could pull up her pictures. She said, um, the first photo is the Sea of Galilee, and she said, I found that area very peaceful and beautiful. Our kibbutz, Novgenosar, was a great location. So we were... Um, walking distance to the Sea of Galilee and we were walking distance to the boat that we took that morning so we walked over and got on the the boat. Um, the second photo is of Steve and Boaz and it was taken toward the end of the trip. We couldn't have picked better leaders. So there's Boaz. <laughs> and the third photo of the temple model, Herod's, far exceeded my expectations. It was amazing, as was the entire trip. So that was at the Israel Museum, right? Yeah. Okay, and that's, that's Kathy's, and mine, under Debbie, should be um, the boat with our um, Messianic Jewish worship leader, and um, he actually owns the boat, and his, his testimony truly was touching because he, he was given away for adoption by his 15-year-old mother and then in his, I think it was, he, I don't know if he told us his age, but it was, it was in young adulthood that he found that Yeshua loved him. And um, then the Lord just led him to, to go on the, on the water and, and own a boat and start his worship ministry. He said he was a drum player, and then he um, decided that he just always wanted to praise the Lord after he came to know him, and then his, his voice is just amazing. And uh, it just truly gives you this sense that, wow, the Holy Spirit's at work here every day in Israel uh, for the people that go on his boat. One morning, um, Franny and I and Sarah, a few of us were out on the dock, and, and in comes uh, Daniel Carmel, that's his name, Daniel Carmel's boat, and he's singing worship music as he comes into the port, so that was pretty exciting. And then the only other thing that some of you here and some of us on our tour took um, gifts to two Jewish, poor Jewish families. There were 11 children that received gifts from age 17 down to age three, and um, the report from the, the two friends of mine that gave out those gifts was that the 17-year-old came with her mother 
and they were just so overwhelmed with the kindness of the gifts and the generosity and the 17-year-old the girl, I think this was on November 9th, they picked up the gifts. It was her birthday and she said, all the gifts were just exactly my taste. And the mother texted my friend four times to say they were so blessed by your gift. So, so that's just for all of you that, that gave, just so you know. And we only called them family one and family two, and we don't have pictures of those families, but we can continue to pray that the Lord will bless them. Thank you, Debbie. Debbie was my right hand. She helped organize the tour and took care of all the details and made sure everything was taken care of from a few months ago until next week because <laughs> we're still working on stuff. And yes, I'm working on already planning for the next tour. We don't have a date yet, but I'm working on... You know, a lot of the feedback I got when we were actually there was, Steve, we want more time here. You're rushing us from this place to this place to this place. We want to take it in and take pictures. And I was like, fine. Tell me what you want me to cut for the next tour. I even passed out surveys to everybody. Nobody suggested me, me cut one thing. Not one. So I still got this, we want more time. We don't want to rush from place to place. So now I'm going to have to figure out how to do what only God can do and put more time into the day. We did a lot of walking. We saw a lot of sights, but how in the world? So I am, though. I'm working on trying to cut the tour in half. I'm going to send my itinerary to Boaz and say, how much money will we save? Because I want to get everybody there. And if I can save $1,000 by making it shorter and cramming it all into a day, I'll do it if I can get you there. How many of you feel changed? Let me see your hands since you've been there. And I've been before changed again. Crazy, isn't it? it? Words don't express. We have just a few minutes. A couple brief questions to myself or anybody that was on the tour. We'd be happy to field them for you. Russ, I saw your hand was up. Yeah, that was really my concern. Get more people there. So any questions about any of the sites? or Yes? Yes? Are women allowed there? So the question is, are women allowed at the, the western wall where we place the prayers? Yes. And who wants to answer that? Fran should. Dawn. 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 I mean Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> she knows Fran because she went out with her for lunch the other day. <laughs> sort of by oh, wait a minute. Let's get you a mic. Can you, can you hear? No. <laughs> yeah, but CJ's in Missouri and she can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> The question was, can you hear without the mic? The exposed wall that people can walk up to and, and touch and pray and put in prayers is really small compared to what is the entire Western Wall. But as far as men and women, there is this dividing line. You could sort of see over, but the women's side was much smaller than the men's, and it is kept sort of very segregated. So we could pray too, we just didn't have as much room. I really wanted to peek over and see what you guys were up to, but I was afraid I'd get stoned or something, so I didn't. <laughs> you know, I told you, we went underground to where Yeshua walked and the, uh, the stones and the walls and such. Um, how many of you were impressed by the size of that one stone? The biggest carved stone in the world is part of the foundation system of that wall. It weighs over 500 tons. The great pyramid stones, the biggest weigh 11 tons. This stone weighs over 500. What was the exact? 570 tons. 570 tons. 44 feet long. 44 feet long. And nobody has a clue how they put it there. Not a clue. And there's one right next to it that's 40 feet long. Yeah, but it doesn't get any attention because it's so small. <laughs> <laughs> Get, can we grab you that mic over there? Thanks. Would you just hold that for me? Thank you. Uh, I didn't, wasn't told or I missed the, the cue, but when you leave the temple wall, you have to back out yeah. as to not turn your back to God. Now, do the men have to do the same thing? Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you 
So the question is, why were the women told to do that, not the men? Yeah. Let me tell you what I think. Your area is so small, it was easier to police. That's what I think, honestly. We just, guys could wander and walk wherever they wanted, and nobody said, nobody said anything to them. It's supposed to be a matter of respect. Matter of respect. It makes sense. But no, nobody said anything to us. Yeah. What did you all think about? Okay, so we went underground to the, and got to walk the length, most of the wall. Uh, there was one spot where there were about six women sitting in chairs, praying. One or two of them were weeping. Did any, any of you have any thoughts or comments on that? That was um, apparently as close as you could get in line with where the Holy of Holies would have been. And so it's a special place underground. Now, while we were down there, before we got to that stone, when we were by the big, you know, 500-ton stone, some women over here, some men over here, some women over here, and a, a set of stairs. Women on each side. Ultra-Orthodox Jew walks by, and he just freezes. And he looks to me. Women on the right, women on the left. He can't go near these women. He's not allowed to walk between them. So he sticks out his hand. Boaz takes his hand and walks him through the women. Because then it's okay, because it's Boaz's fault. Boaz led him. Others walked by, and I kid you not, they walked by, they walked by the women like this. Which I thought was pretty funny, because he really needed two books. <laughs> but just trying to give you a taste of what went on there. Any other thoughts, questions, before we wrap things up? You want to hear more about the Bethlehem miracle? Were you all here Saturday and Sunday when I shared with you? Because there's really not more to... You weren't here? Well, if you didn't show up, I'm not going to bother telling you again. <laughs> you should have retired a week earlier. <laughs> all right, so just, just to repeat, because there's not much more I can say. It was, it was a, an amazing thing. Uh, right, almost everybody was on the bus. I was picking up stragglers, which I did a lot, trying to herd the cats. And I went back to make sure we weren't leaving anybody behind in Bethlehem, and this guy pulls me aside. And he tries to tell me something, but his English was so bad, he had to tell me three times, and I think I understood what he said. But just to make sure, I went and got a translator. And he referred over to this guy who was obviously, something was wrong with him, special needs, retarded or something. And he said, before you came, this man hardly ever said a word. He couldn't talk. But since you've come, he's been talking more than he's ever talked. And he brought the guy over and said, say Steve. And the guy said, Steve. Say hi. The guy said hi. And he just kept shooting words at him. And the guy was speaking the words back, most of which I could understand. So after I told this on Sunday, Judy came up to me after services. And she said, you missed the best part. So you get some more. Well, what's the best part? After we loaded up the bus, he went and stopped traffic and motioned for the bus to come out. And he made way for us. So... Uh, He said, they said he could say a couple words. He said words now and again, but that was it. But here he was just spouting off words left and right, most of which were intelligible. So I'm kind of wanting to go back and see what further the Lord is doing with this guy. Yeah, it was an amazing thing. Any others? Any other questions or thoughts before we move on? Why can't they walk between women? Why do they have to cover their face? You know, not all Orthodox Jews are that way. Not all Hasidic Jews are that way. You know, the dividing line between the men and the women in the wall, historians sure still aren't sure when that happened. In synagogues today, at least Orthodox synagogues, the women and the men are separated, either with a wall or the women upstairs and the men downstairs. And it's just common sense. Men like to look at women. They shouldn't be bothered with that. They should be worshiping God. It's that simple. I'm thinking they might have taken it a bit farther. You know, don't touch the women. Don't look at the women. She's not your wife. You know, that kind of thing. Just stay away from women. The concept of Judaism is you build a fence around God's laws and then you never transgress God's laws. I think they take some of these things a little far, but that was his tradition. Boaz was a little upset. He said, oh, if it's wrong, why are you going to let me do it? He didn't say that to the guy. He whispered that over to me. So I understand. But I said, you know what's not wrong? Help the guy out. What's the matter? <laughs> I have a comment. 
and also in the in the Orthodox no, synagogue. We're also online, Gosh, so they need like to hear you. you. <laughs> in the Orthodox synagogue, they get married separately. The woman is on one side of a curtain, and the man is on the other side, and they go through the whole ceremony. And until that is done, then they're together. Now we know why there aren't that many Orthodox children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> okay, 8 o'clock on the button, saved by the bell. Little piece of information before I let you go collect your children and separate and have a good time. Um, I, I mentioned this on Saturday and Sunday. We're going to be changing the format of Wednesday night meetings. This format, where, well, I get up and I teach. We have worship and I teach. We're going to start breaking up into small groups. So on Wednesday nights, we're going to have dinner at 530. Children will go off like they do at 6. We'll come in here at 6.30 for a few songs, maybe a couple of announcements. Then we're going to break into different study groups. First four to six weeks, we're going to study the same topic, but in different groups. That'll give you the ability to come together at fellowship time, dinner next week, to discuss, well, what did you discuss in your group? I don't know, what did you discuss in your group? With it? To facilitate communication and fellowship. Sarah said she got to meet people from her own congregation. Now, even though I know all these people, I didn't know all these people. Going on the trip, now I know these people. We want you to know each other. Fellowship, koinonia, unity in the body, it's a huge thing. Wednesday nights are going to be for the purpose of building that. So you can have a small group of people that you can fellowship intimately with week after week after week. And then maybe rotate after a few weeks or stick with your group. It'll be up to you so nobody feels pressured to stay with people they don't like. Study a little deeper, ask questions, give some feedback. That's going to be coming between now and the new year. We haven't picked the exact date yet. So we just want to encourage you to not make this Wednesday night your only Wednesday night. And maybe I'll put out a teaser, Michael. I'll come in one of these Wednesday nights in the small group, and my small group, don't let me forget, will be going through my pictures, and I will walk you through the footsteps of the Messiah that I took them with in pictures. So we'll, it'll take us several weeks to do that and I'll be happy to take you, but you gotta come on Wednesday night to enjoy that. Please bow your heads for the ironic benediction and you'll be dismissed. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. May the Lord bless you richly. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and I hope to see you Saturday and Sunday morning. God bless. <laughs>